hello and welcome to Teaching Python. My name is Sean Tiber. I am a coder who teaches and this is episode 100. He didn't even let me say my line. Look how excited he was. Um, go, go ahead. It's, it's all you, Kelly. <laughs> oh, and I'm Kelly Schuster Perez. And look, it's episode 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a special guest joining us on the live stream today. Someone who has not appeared on the podcast for the last 90 nine episodes, but we are excited to have him join us for episode 100. Welcome, Michael Kennedy. It's great to have you here. Yeah. Oh, it's great to be here. Hello, Sean. Hello, Kelly. Hello, listeners. Thanks for having me. And congratulations so, on 100. This is no joke amount of effort uh, to to make it through basically two years of podcasting. So well it, done. It's it, yeah, we, it only took us four, <laughs> so I think we did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many episodes do you guys have on Talk Python? I was a just lot. talking to my daughter today. She asked for some reason. Uh, I have on one show on Python Bytes, we have 307. And on Talk Python, we have 388. So it's been six, seven years we've been doing it. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It definitely hits my weekly rotation as I'm driving in the car or uh, doing the dishes. I, I throw it on and that's a good nice. segue into the topic this week because it's all about motivation. And I have to say, you and Brian have kept me motivated um, over the last, uh, I don't know, at least four or five years that I've been listening. It's really kept me going each week to have something new and exciting to listen to and and listen to all the guests that you bring on to Talk Python. Yeah, you were, you were one of our first people to pick up for the show for motivation because I, as I was telling you pre-show, I spoil alert um, for you, but it was you were the first person that Sean was like, have you listened to talk Python to me? And I'm like, no. And then I remember going on there as a, as a newbie and I was scared. I was like, I am like the dumbest person here, but everyone was so supportive and you were great and just have really motivated me personally to, to keep learning. And yeah. So I still yeah, remember well, my yeah, son. seeing. So <laughs> I still remember my son <laughs> yeah, watching Python, you on live right? stream. <laughs> that picture. He's got glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty blind, honestly. But no, seriously, thank you so much for that. That's that's very kind. It's as you know, you sit here with a microphone and a couple of people on a screen, and and you you try to do a good job and you try to put together inspiring topics. But you're somewhat disconnected until you get to places like a conference or a very kind invite to be a guest on someone else's show, and you realize, you know, there are people out there listening. There are there are people that it makes a difference for. And I've always had that moment whenever someone says, Oh, I've, I love your show. I've listened to it, you know, so many times before I'm like, really? Like for real, that's a, you actually do. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. And you know, I've, I've had people come up and give me a hug and say, thank you. Thank you. You've gotten me a job and it changed my life or, you know, uh, other things along those lines. You're just like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. There's something very intimate and bonding about podcasts, you know, because especially if you listen to it with a headphones on, you're in the ears. It's like you're talking to the person, you know, when you're driving a car, you're talking to yourself in the car and and answering back. And it's just something that makes you feel connected. And yeah, so motivation. Let's get started. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Well, let's uh, let's start with the wins of the week before we go any further. Wouldn't be a a teaching Python episode without that. So. Um, Michael, we're going to make you go first, uh, a win this week to share, um, something good that's happened win. in, you know, wherever it happens. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep with the podcasting theme. I got two great shows out and really 
just, I, I love being able to get things put together that I, I think is good work and shared with people. I got a YouTube video produced. I'm trying to do more of that. I'm trying to reach people from different channels and just try to inspire them. And, and so, you know, every time you make a little step forward, you learn something and you get a little bit better, a little more comfortable to do it again. So just making progress on the creator side of things, I guess, is my wins. Nice. Yeah, I already feel all okay with being on live stream without, you know, after 11 hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You want to go, Sean? Go for sure. it. Sure. I mean, my my win this week is Halloween themed, and it really came about because my kids were dressing up and they had great costumes. My my son wanted to be Maverick, and he had the aviator sunglasses and the haircut nice. and everything. He was, you know, one step away from the cockpit of a of an F eighteen. Um, my daughter was Carmen San Diego, and which I, as a, a huge nerd and a big fan of the original games, I love that. So I was like, I have to come up with a costume, and I was really struggling to put it together. And then I realized I could be Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb, which is one of their favorite shows. And I Beautiful. put this whole thing together, um, this costume over the course of a couple of days. And my favorite part was I made a black hole in a boxinator for them because everything has to be in a nader of something. And um, I basically took a random cardboard box from my garage, spray painted it black, threw some stickers on it. And then I 3D printed a self-destruct button that I designed in about 15 minutes um, and, and 3D printed. And I really felt good about it because it was, I'd spent a long time learning how to design stuff in Fusion 360. And when I needed those skills, I was able to pull them out, make it work, get it printing, and it all came together really nicely. So it felt good and the kids loved it. And I got interrogated really hard on my character backstory. So I think I did okay. I got disappointed though because I asked him, "Okay, cool. What does it do?" And he's like, "Nothing." And I'm like, "Oh, what? Is that coded to light up with NeoPixels?" I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Version 2.0. This is just an MVP. <laughs> and here I was, Lucille Ball. Nothing fun. <laughs> I'll send you oh, pics. You can right, only imagine. <laughs> if we didn't have Lucille Ball, there wouldn't be a Star Trek. So she's pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, so quick, my win, I'm starting to finally dig into the room after coming back from COVID and Sean, um, trying to say this politely, moving up in the world. Um, all of his projects have been kind of shoved into a couple of boxes and pulled out the light up question mark that he made before he left. And I'm it's hanging on the wall after... Uh, almost two years since you making it. And I gave it to a kid. And I was like, can you just Google this thing and figure out how it works? He comes over. I thought it was supposed to be coded. It's an app. And I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> He's like, done. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> it's that easy? It's been in a box for two years. It's that easy. <laughs> so I it's have just the question. Mark. I could do it. <laughs> just an app. <laughs> So he's like, okay, next project. And I'm like, uh, 3D printers, let's go. <laughs> I'm just pulling stuff out, all these all these things. So the next, we'll be working on the hand sanitizer one day. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. I, so I, have, uh, I have some docs written up for that. It'll be okay. Excellent. So it feels like a little bit of Tiber's back into the room and all these projects out of a box. So it's going to be a good one. Nice. Cool. All right, so let's jump right in. And uh, what we came up with is a kind of a top 10 list of sorts, uh, just from folks that we know and our own personal ways to stay motivated. And I, I think we could go, just go around uh, each of us. And, and Michael, I know you sent us something earlier, so I'll have you go in uh, in position number two. 
Oh, no, um, I'm going to give him the sheet. Probably doesn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll uh, that's, that'll give us a little Let's bit of time to start. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, so number one that I have is finding a, a support system, right? So that network of people, even if it's just one or two people that you're accountable to that are asking you, how's it going or checking in on you to make sure that everything's going okay, really helps you stay on track and stay focused. Um, at least for me, I, there was a, a point in my life where I was running um, quite a bit, like literal running. I was training for half marathons and everything and just having a group of people to go run with made all the difference because it was someone that would say, where were you if you didn't show up? It made it like really hard to avoid uh, the running practice if you knew that there were going to be people there that missed you. So I found that when I do that in my coding practice or my learning or wherever it is I'm trying to accomplish something, having that support system there that helps you stay motivated and make sure you're accountable goes a long way. And so Kelly's my support system on the, uh, on the podcast. She's often the one telling me, Hey, wh when are we going to publish that episode or how's the post-production going? There's the accountability that, that makes it happen. Yeah. Well, that leads into mine, right? So mine's always been a, a peer pressure. Um, what motivates me. And I have to say positive peer pressure for those people that are very, very nice, but really the negative peer pressure actually works best for me. <laughs> uh, whenever someone says I can't, or, well, you've only start coding, or um, I don't think you have enough time for that. It really kind of ignites a fire of uh, I can do it. And it's not that the person's trying to be mean. Usually it's because they're watching out for my, um, my stress levels, my work levels, but it's like, it gives me that extra motivation. Um, I take always take courses and it's constantly someone saying to me, you have to stop taking so many courses. You have to stop doing this. And I, I personally, I just like to know a lot about a little bit about a lot of different things, because I feel that if I can't provide students with a direction, because I don't know about little, a little bit of things, then I'm doing them a disservice. So that peer pressure, whether it's positive or negative. And Sean's always like, you can figure it out, go figure it out, walk away, go do it. <laughs> it kind of helps. So that yeah. keeps me that big motivation. Michael, do you, does this resonate for you as well? I know you've uh, worked remotely for yeah, many years. And absolutely. Where do you find your network? <laughs> well, in terms of having peers in the network to do, to do things, I, I agree with you, Sean, that that's really, it's, it's very important. And on one hand, there's the accountability side. For me, that's not so important because I'm pretty good at once I get, at, perhaps this is a personality flaw, but I get really into things and I maybe overdo it in terms of diving into them. But as I get excited, if there's no one to share it with, well, it's like, ah, maybe this isn't that cool after all, you know? And I spent a while working at a company where I was the sole software developer, right? And who do you go, who do you turn to or to get advice. Am I doing this right? Or is, is this really awesome? Or actually, should I not, you know, like just all of those things are absent. And I really started to thrive when I found um, meetups. They're called user groups at the time. They're all now on meetup.com now. Uh, but, you know, you would show up and be like, wow, these are my people. Where have they been? You know, and it's just, <laughs> it's so excellent to be able to share that excitement, enthusiasm, and you come back to the projects excited to try you hit those roadblocks that would maybe sometimes be you know, derailing you're just like whatever i don't care i'm super psyched i'm, I'm gonna figure this out if i gotta go read docs for an hour that's where we're going because this is happening you know what i mean and right. just show up and and make it go so 
it definitely resonates with me. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, you had for, mentioned for something Kelly's about thoughts. Video. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, the, the idea of people either encouraging you or saying that you can't do it. I think you know, one of the, the things that I've learned going through different programming languages and different areas, and even in science and math before I got into coding was so much of this stuff is a bunch of small steps from the outside. It looks like there's one huge step that geniuses leap. And in reality, someone's built a hundred little tiny steps. So you got to figure out what those small steps are. And it's not nearly as daunting. You just have to keep, you know, uh, Dory, like just keep swimming, like keep, keep <laughs> making progress. Well, and, and that's the thing is like people see maybe the final product or they see that last big leap, but they don't see all of the work, all the little steps, the setbacks along the way. And I think that's where, you know, sometimes when I look at my Twitter feed, for example, like I go in there and people are doing all these amazing things and it's really easy to get discouraged because you're like, Oh, I'm not doing all the things that Simon Willison's doing with like data set and sheepdog and like all of these like exactly. amazing things he's doing. Right. And my like, pet I'm doesn't have an automated Twitter feed that like pulls in and generates a graph right. of its life. Like, what am I doing? Right. 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 I mean, but yet, you know, I'm sure Simon's going to be the first one to tell us like, yeah, it's, but it's a lot of little steps along the way. It's finding one little thing to fix or another thing to change. And he just keeps at it. And I think probably his persistence is what gets him through more than anything else. I have to say, though, when I look on my Twitter feed, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to learn from that person. So I love it. I'm I, I'm telling you that pressure of seeing, seeing uh, people do some amazing things really just just like gets me, gets me excited. It's like that learner in me, that, that nerdy teacher. So, <laughs> so Michael, you shared with us a, a story about like a, a, some examples of things that you find really personally fulfilling and how that motivates you in terms of the, the problems that you're able to solve. Can you share us uh, a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd be happy to share. Uh, there's a bunch of these examples, but I, I put together one and I wrote, I wrote it out for you because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it here today. <clears throat> but for me, part of the motivation is the, you know, there's all these little challenges in your life and they can be a distraction, they can be discouraging. And so I just picked one kind of out of the blue that was really frustrating and it seemed like it shouldn't be that hard, but it turned out to be incredibly hard. So I have a bunch of online courses, right? And all each one of those courses is made up of 100, 150 videos and I've got to put all that information just right into the database. Like, what is the file name of this video? How long is it? And, you know, th those sorts of things. And it would take me like an hour to, once I have all the videos, to put those all in and I would mess up something. This video says it's 15 minutes long. It's really five minutes. And somebody would complain, this is wrong. You know, I'm like, God, there it goes again. And I just, I never looked forward to it. Obviously looking forward to being done, but this, it was just one of those things you're like, oh no, I got to do this. This is, here we go again, right? And I was even going to hire somebody whose job it was just to make sure all that stuff was right and do it. And I could hand it off to them, you know, like on a part-time basis, obviously. And I realized, you know what? I'm actually a programmer. I could probably just automate this. And it took me two hours to write this program. And then instantly, I just opened a command prompt, type one, one word, and boom, it's already just copied right in the format that goes in the database, right into the clipboard, even the program puts it in the clipboard for me. So I don't have to go back and select it. Like it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> and it's when you can solve, it's like one line of Python paperclip. And when you solve those problems, 
the joy doesn't end just when you get the problem done. It's been years since I've written that. And a couple of weeks ago, I had to put a new course and I'm like, yes, it's still there and it still works. <laughs> it just, it just goes and goes. So anytime I'm on some problem where I'm like, ah, oh, this is, I don't really feel like working on this. Or I don't really feel like sitting down to figure out what I got to do to make this work. I just remember that feeling of you're going to smile every time this thing does the work for you and you don't have to do it for a long time. So just, you know, just spend a, an hour or two, get through the roadblocks and then enjoy the fruits of it, you know? 100%. Roadblocks. I, I, <laughs> I, I was definitely um, thinking the same thing as you were with the, you know, that um, like being motivated to solve problems. I know the types of problems I'm motivated to solve and it's not the little same repetitive one over and over again. It's always something new and novel and let me think of a, a unique way to solve this. But what I really liked about your story was the way that you use that the uh, reflection on the feeling, right? That to help you motivate, help motivate you for mm-hmm. other tasks, right? And that was something I hadn't really thought about, like why I do that or or why that that matters. And I think that's a really really great point. Like that's the endorphin, Sean. What were yeah. you with the big the big connection? Exactly. Our whole presentation. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's a it's just a real it's a really great example. I love it. I know you get them all. You know I would watch him and and working and then he would have this problem or something he couldn't solve and all all of a sudden he would pick up some sort of hardware and start building something and he was like oh look what i just made and so i think that's always his motivation of finding that endorphins yeah i I mean absolutely i i I think the other one i want to add and i think this is this is a good one too and and uh, michael i think you can you can probably share um, your experiences with us developing courses and and running cohorts. Uh, Dottie in the um, YouTube chat says that she uh, staying ahead of the kids motivates her, right? Like trying to be that like one step ahead of the people that you're teaching is a huge motivation because you know, like it, it, you you can feel them nipping at your heels, right? Like they're, they're smart, they're motivated. They want to do it. You got to go a little bit further so that you can still teach them and help them go fa- further right yeah 100 percent. i think that's yeah. as an educator for her is like and, and me like sorry i jumped on you this is my cute no i'm sorry <laughs> <I jumped on. laughs> just kidding um so Don't just go. staying ahead <laughs> staying ahead that that's it. I, I a lot of things that Dottie say we we've been tweeting back and forth and messaging like her fit vibe about what's keeping her going what's making her push through that um it's just a lot of vibe with a lot of educators trying to always say something new and be ready for that, that question that might happen. Sorry, your turn, Michael. <laughs> well, no, I think I was actually thinking of you and that, and, you know, put that, that comment up because as a teacher, you know, one of the things you do to really learn the technology beyond just fiddling with it is learning it well enough to present it, whether that be in a classroom with students or on a video course or some other venue, it doesn't really matter you know, like, well, I kind of can make that work, but if I want to really present it in a way that will enable others, I've got to go just one level deeper. And for me, that's a huge motivation. One, because it's terrifying to be in front of people and have them see that you have no idea what you're talking about. But on the other, it's also that, oh, here's a chance that I can take what I'm supposed to be doing already and double down on my experience on this thing. And people will be like, well, how did you learn that so well? Like, well, I had to. I, I did an hour-long presentation do all that. You don't understand. I had to figure this out. 100%. Um, yeah. I, 
that that is definitely the motivation, right? And and there's a difference, I think, between being able to go up there and say, well, I'm not really sure how this works, but let's figure it out together versus no, I really need to be able to show this to you and and you know make sure that you understand it because that's my job. That's what I promised I would do for you. Um, and it's so yeah. definitely that integrity of being a teacher that you, if you say you're going to teach them, you have to teach them well. Yeah. And then that yeah. that backs up against the fact of that time when they get it and they have that aha moment and they finally understand what you're trying to teach them. And you want to, you get those endorphins released as a teacher. That's what, what you've been waiting for the whole nine weeks is when they go, oh, and you're like, yes, yes, I did it. Finally. <laughs> we've been working the- so long. <laughs> so <this>. hard. <laughs> That's like a, a huge, a huge, big one. And I would, I would say that's probably the thing that I miss the most about being in the, the classroom because those wins are shared, right? Like they're really the students win, right? But when you know that you helped and that they get it, it's, it's contagious. You can feel no, it's it. Totally, and- it's totally our win. It's totally my win. I don't, I, you know, when getting these kids to get it and understand that is all of me, my jumping around, he's seen me teach. I'm like jumping and, you know, <laughs> doing all these metaphors and hamburgers. And, you know, today we coded um, magic eight, but it was something from Mordor and the kids were like making up these crazy things. I was like, okay, we'll go with it. So yes, when it's my win, Sean, do not take that away from me. <laughs> yeah, so that that was another one from Kelly and and Dottie is just the that shared win of of when the kids get it. That aha moment is is amazing, and I unfortunately I don't get those as often um, now. But when they do come about in the corporate setting, um, I still do the happy dance on the inside. That's the teacher part of me. Yeah. Do you want to share Shree's? Yeah, I thought Shree's was great. Um, this is this is great because sometimes like it's that it's the antidote for staring at your screen and, and not understanding what to do next or, or how to solve the problem. Shree's um, idea was get out a pencil and paper and just write the whole thing out. Just draw it out, break through that kind of block that you have of looking at the screen and think of a different way of, of solving the problem. That's not, uh, you know, using the keyboard. And I've done this a lot, you know, just the scratch piece of paper on, on the, um, next to my desk or taking the paper outside and sitting in the fresh air and sketching it out, just changing it up makes the biggest difference when you're in that stuck place, you need a little bit of motivation to figure it out. And I, I gotta love this. This is also a high school student, by the way. He's uh, 17 or just turning 18, I think. So the fact that he's got this motivation and this, this ability to just decompress and walk away. And of course, yeah. he also says contact Discord. <laughs> yeah. So yes, of course. So meshes the people and, you know, it's don't stress about it, about the, the collaboration why do we stress collaboration in the first place if we actually don't collaborate so he's totally with it when you comes when he talks about the educational side all teachers and we all say you need to learn how to collaborate it's a 21st century skill it's a c skill go 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 and then we get mad at them if they go and they hunt down stack overflow and google and um, discord but why right we always say this why why are we saying no to these kids and they if they can communicate well enough to get an answer back from a pln a, a learning network then please 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 do it so i'm so impressed by him i can't wait i always said this so yeah michael any that, other tricks 
Sure. Well, first of all, circling back uh, to the support network and stuff, we made it sound like, oh, uh, these, these physical experiences where we're at a, a meetup or we're at a company or we've got colleagues at a school, it could be Discord. It could be like Python Discord with 100,000 members and you find a, a group there. So, or, or some of these other online forums, like you were just saying, Kelly. So it, it doesn't always have to be live synchronous or even just virtual synchronous type of experiences. For me, that I, this, this idea and this suggestion totally resonates. I used to, I still do, I'll be sitting here working and I get stuck. I'm like, you know what? It's time for a walk. Just, it's probably healthy for me to not sit at my desk for eight hours. And if I sit here and stare at the screen, I'm only going to get frustrated. So let me just take a 10-minute walk. When I used to go in the office building, I'd kind of walk around the office park area. And now I take my dog for a walk up in the neighborhood. And the dog's happy. I'm happy to be out in the fresh air and sometimes dry around here. But yeah, just the, the getting away and looking at different angles, you know, maybe watch a YouTube video about it that just to kind of put your, to keep it going on your mind, but not focus on it. Or you listen to a podcast or you read a book or you just go in the woods and get away from it. Like all those things are really helpful. Yeah. That, um, we got a message from Nick Tolervey, the, one of the, well, the creator of Moo with his team, um, just talking to him and it goes along the same idea with Barbara Oakley always talk, talks about, about diffuse learning. And Nick says, when I'm stuck, I go play music. So by ignoring the problem while retaining some sort of level of concentration and doing something that's completely unrelated, he finds that his mind's like going over things in the background that he doesn't really think about. Right. And it feels like it's, um, and he says it's a helpful to deliberately ignore the problem. So a different part of one's brain can swing into action. And I just love his, the way he writes. Um, and so I'll, I'm going to have to read this. He says, often I'll be mid piece and realize, oh, damn it. If I try it that way, it'll never work because of blank, blank, blank. It's like those moments in cartoons when Wildy Cody suddenly realized something and a light bulb appears over his head. And so um, and he nice. goes on to say, yeah. but I'll let you comment on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring Brian in while we're uh, right in the middle of this. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, I'll Brian. finish up while he's coming back. <laughs> we'll wait for, um, and I think talking. that the, the subconscious mind is so good at being at solving problems and it's hard to engage it. But I really like Nick's idea. You know, if you focus on something, go play pool or go for a bicycle or motorcycle ride or just like something that kind of takes concentration. Watching TV won't do it, but something that takes a little, but not a lot of concept. Oddly, it's powerful, but it's it's hard to do on demand. He says it's like being British. They have a notion that it's a cup of tea bug. And he, he first heard about it in his first job as a software developer. When you're stuck, go make a cup of tea. Cup of tea. And in the same way, playing music, you step away, ignore the problem. So does boiling a kettle. And he says this gives an added advantage. You get to have biscuits and dunk your tea into dunk your tea. <laughs> Gotta love Nick. <laughs> He got. He has so many other ones, but I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. Well, I, I I love this, and and I think there's something there for everyone with that, right? Like I think that watching TV is a good example. It doesn't really help, um, but I found you know kickboxing. Uh, I've had ideas while I'm kickboxing on, and like my mind is free spinning while my body is exercising. Running is great for this. Walking is great for this. Um, you know, physical activity, but then music. Um, 
uh, like drawing something that just engages your brain in a different way while letting the kind of verbal centers um, kind of process the language seems to work pretty well. Hi, Brian. By the way, interrupted that segue on that. I surprised Sean. I was like, by the way, Brian's coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so congrats, everybody, in the 100th episode. That's awesome. Thank you. We weren't sure. Brian's feeling was feeling a little bit down in the weather. It must be cold, getting cold. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I went to Chicago earlier this month, and I just have been feeling bad for like two weeks. But I'm finally getting better. So, yay. Yeah, it's an episode about motivation. So what motivates you? <laughs> When you're stuck, my, my, well, podcasting wise, it's Michael. Um, so one of the, the having having somebody doing it with you, uh, and I'm sure you probably have already covered this mm -hmm. already. But having mm -hmm. both you, uh, both you, Sean and Kelly together, um, you 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 get you stay there for each other every week, so that helps. Um, uh, but the the little comments, like uh, every time I'm about ready to go, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, or something. Um, I'll get somebody that sends me a note that says, uh, I, I feel like I'm the only one in my area that thinks like this and, uh, your podcast or your blog or your something helped, helped me realize that, uh, there's, there's more of a community out there that thinks like me or, you know, things like that. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I'll keep doing it for a while. longer." <laughs> so, um, other people, but, um, uh, money helps too. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a teacher. I don't make any money. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, if it wasn't for Kelly, I think we uh, teaching Python would have been over after episode two. So <laughs> it really, it really does make a difference. Yeah. Wow. So it probably doesn't apply to you too much, but like, for instance, um, uh, so Michael's got his courses. I've got other podcasters have things that they're selling. I only have, I have like the book, but I have a course now. So, but the, but I know, I mean, think it the, the book has done really well. And I think in part that's because of the podcasting. So um uh making sure that you are still in as part of the conversation um helps to make people remember that that if they really like what you're talking about, maybe they'll throw in send some money your way uh, for people that have something to sell. Yeah, I think that kind of goes on to one of my other motivators is like uh, focusing on these emotions the positive emotions from Twitter, whenever I have an issue on the Twitter and whenever I don't have a, a, a positive tweet or LinkedIn post, I, I go to my daily affirmations or I'm, I'm like motivational Monday is what we do in school and finding those quotes or something that I can just say positively. And this one quote, and I don't know, maybe you guys match Matt Patrick McKenzie. He's a pretty popular coder, but I don't know him. Um, says every great developer, you know, got there by solving problems, they were unqualified to solve until they actually did it. And it's things like that. I'll, I'll keep saying, okay, I can do this. I can do this positive motivation, focusing on my positive energy and getting, getting positive uh, emails from listeners always helps. Yes. hundred percent. The um, that uh, completely describes my first job. <laughs> really? <laughs> <clears throat> Well, like motivated for, uh, I know that a lot of people um, uh, listening to tech podcasts or learning to code or learning, learning to be teachers or tutors or whatever, um, that keeping there, I mean, motivation around that, that, that can be a struggle. And, um, and knowing, I think that imposter syndrome stuff is real. And I think knowing that, that a lot of people, it's, it's, it's inevitable that people show their best side. So 
when you look at people like just doing awesome stuff and you're like, I don't do that. Um, they're not doing that all the time either. So you're just seeing the, the good stuff. Um, so you know, it's okay to not be the rock star. And it's also perpetual that you, I, I follow people that are knowing more about the thing that I want to learn about. So I am inevitably always following people that know more than me about whatever I care about. Um, and, and so then you can, if, if, if suddenly I feel like I know more than somebody, I probably am not going to keep reading their blog posts. So, uh, it's okay that like, it seems like everybody knows more than you. It isn't true. It's just the people you're watching know more than you. Uh, so, well, and I think the, the other thing I always used to explain to students and, and I still do this with interns is that, you know, they're seeing the version of me now that has gone through all this, but they haven't seen me bashing my head against the keyboard for the last 20 years, right? Um, they didn't see me struggling to complete my first coding class. And they didn't see me, you know, failing that build 35 times before I got it right on the 36th, right? Um, and so one of the the coolest moments we had over the summer with our interns was, you know, all of the senior engineers were sharing all of the dumb things that we've done over the course of our careers, like dropping production databases and, you know, like introducing crippling bugs that like, you know, made it so 10,000 people couldn't log into the system. And, you know, just kind of showing that, you know, we're not, we didn't always behave this way, right? Like, and even at this point, we're still making mistakes and we're still struggling our way through and we're still figuring it out. It's just, we've maybe picked up a few tricks along the way to make it a little bit easier and less painful. Yeah. That's often hard. Like uh, for educators always, we've talked about the idea that to tell, tell students about failing and making it a point to let them know that we were there. And this just today, I was talking to a bunch of seniors and um, juniors. They were like, Oh, I haven't seen you in so long. You should be proud of me. I'm taking taking comp sci, whatever. And, and I'm like, I am proud of you because boy, I was a horrible teacher for <laughs> four years ago. When I was teaching you Python. The fact that you still love it. I'm so, I'm so proud of them. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I was struggling. I couldn't remember how to do anything. They're like, Oh, well, you know, and it was just, Sometimes as teachers, we try to cover up a lot, but the kids all know I'm like, I've been only doing this four years, so stick with it. I feel your pain and and it helps them to see it. But sometimes what they needed from me was the inspiration and the example, not the perfect code written. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So Kelly, Sorry, Brad, but... when did you start coding? When, when I started the podcast. <laughs> really? So how long has that been now? So uh, Four years almost, okay. yeah. It'll be four years in December. We started the podcast and then I started in August four years ago, literally with zero experience. See, that's incredible. I don't know how I'm, I'm in awe because I, you know, I, I was coding for decades before I decided to try to be public about it. Yeah. Uh, I I just code in Python. That's all I say. I don't know anything else. (laughs) And then, so, but it's, it's a language that, um, that really lends itself. It lends itself to a lot of kids. It lends itself to um, a lot of different types of learners. I think it's just one of those things that it, it's very adaptable. So we won't go into that show. I can go on, but I want to, um, I want to add on to someone who motivates Eric Mathis from Python crash course. He sent me a message. He sent me two. I'm going to with um, read the second one because it goes in line with what we're saying. But he says he's motivated by Simon Willison, who is the co-creator of Django. 
Um, he works on such interesting projects and has been quite open over the years about how he works, knowing that other real good programmers have a similar workflow is grounding for him. Um, to be specific, Simon writes detailed notes and long issue threads when he's working through non-obvious bugs. He's quite open about not knowing everything the right way, even though he has produced popular well-used libraries. And he exemplifies the idea that none of us can really do significant work completely on our own, but most of us can do very interesting work if we can learn how to collaborate effectively. So I think Eric's another great writer in emails, and I think he summed that up well. Hands yeah. uh, down, Simon's amazing. Um, I also try to, try to not compare yourself to Simon as well, because <laughs> just motivates you not comparing. Motivates. Yeah, no, he's, he's very motivating, but um, I, I, I saw him speak at, uh, at Pi Bay and like there was, I mean, I was like stretching out a, a talk to 25 minutes and I went under and he, he had a, a 45 minute talk that really could have been three hours uh, that he, that he gave in 45 minutes. It was massive, but yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I really like about that is just look at the cool work that people are doing, right? It's, it's exciting. It's motivating. And it, you know, even you can take something that may be, you know, relatively mundane and on your own workload and make it more interesting and more, more fun. I remember seeing, um, I saw uh, Simon present data set at like PyCon 2019. And I think the same day I saw Katie McLaughlin, McLaughlin from um, Scotland present her um, Python project on making, um, what was it? Cross stitch patterns using Python. And it, like, I, I have to find the YouTube link. Cause this was like, it was completely blowing my mind. And the whole reason I went is because my mom has been doing like machine embroidery and arts for years. And so I knew a little bit about, about this but what amazed me about her approach was it just kept going right so she she starts off saying well i basically wanted to take pixel art and turn those into cross stitch patterns and by the end of it she's talking about how she's color averaging the pictures of the thread samples on the manufacturer's website and then applying some advanced color theory to match that color of thread against the pixel color that she wants to, you know, and it was like the, the whole time I'm like, but wait, there's more like, like, and I just completely blown away by this. And, and it was so motivating to see how far she went with this that I was like, well, I could do more with my code. If, I mean, if she's color averaging, I could do that. Like I, I'll find a way. Right. That whole PyCon, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> so I remember that talk. Sean was Sean was like, oh. <laughs> right. So yeah, I don't know what number we're up to, but just PyCon is motivation. Motivation. I think that's almost our list. I don't know if anyone has to add anything else. We're yeah. out of silence and we're at good time too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it on my list of people. <laughs> Brian, any, any other things that you, uh, that you find motivating when it comes to work life, Python? Um, I think that uh, you probably covered this, but uh, looking outside of looking outside of uh, where you're normally looking. So if you, if you normally, um, you know, whatever you normally do, change up, change up your, change up your schedule, take a different route to work, take a walk somewhere where you norm don't normally walk. Uh, you know, Rita, I mean, one of the things I've been doing lately is 
going back and reading reading fiction. So reading reading some like uh, I read a Dan Brown book that was just like fun read, um, and it's just uh, gets your gets your mind in a different place that um, that you you know it's just getting somewhere different. Um, and then I get more excited. So uh, just stepping away helps a lot. Um, I there's a lot of courses, a lot of books, a lot of podcasts that I want to do in the future. And, um, and sometimes you got to recharge those batteries. So coming back, going back and doing something else that just something you enjoy. Um, and then coming back to it. And I also think that you, I don't know if you've covered this, but it's okay to not be motivated. Sometimes it's okay to just slow down. I've been doing that with test and code. Test and code is not dead, but there hasn't been an episode for months. And so what's going on with that? What it, it what's going on is I'm, I'm focusing on family and cooking and uh, reading books and, and doing some other things for a while so that I can recharge. And when I get back to it, I can have the energy to give it a hundred percent. So I agree with that Sunday and no Sunday. Yeah. Sunday was my binge day. I watched the entire series of this. Well, a couple episodes of this um, new series or whatever. I don't know if it's new. It's about this autistic um, Korean lawyer. It's really good. It's it's you have to read everything. So it's actually you focus a lot because you're reading the entire time and the kids are like, why are you watching this? But it's really good. And she looks at solving solutions always through the idea of uh, these whales. And so, yeah, I, I think when you shut down and you just stop and you take the time to go watch a soccer game, go play with the kids, go binge on some TV, you come up, and you're like, okay. I've done nothing for 24 hours. Let's let's get started. So it's a good one. Forgot yeah. about that one. I, I think I, the other I like the idea of seasons. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, John. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Like that, not everything has to be constant all the time, right, Michael? Like it can have some seasonality to it. Yeah, yeah. I like to actually use that metaphor for sort of uh, careers and stuff. So for example, the summer, it's been sunny and lovely. And I was just like, you know, it's three. I think I'm just going to go and do some motorcycle riding and enjoy the mountains. And if I don't get as much work done, whatever, but it's getting wet and cold and I don't want to be outside at all. It's just like, I know that when, you know, other times there's, I'll be really into sitting down and focusing and just spending a lot of deep time on things. And if you're in that mentality, like I need to go to the beach or I need to go outside and you try to force through it, maybe it's better to say, look, give it a few weeks, enjoy that stuff. And then come back when you're more motivated. I think that might be a bit of a, a path to burnout when like, I would really rather be doing something else, but I know I need to force myself to like make this step or go through those things. And then you kind of don't really enjoy it. Whereas a little bit later, maybe like, this is exactly what I want to do. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing it. Unfortunately, there's no seasons in sunny South Florida. We're always, I'm always wanting to be at the beach. It's, no, I got to stay inside. Close the blinds. Don't look at the blue, blue skies that we have 98% yeah. of the time. I lived in San Diego for a while. Same problem. Okay. Well, like seasons yeah. of TV shows okay. or sort of thing. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. You have a pumpkin yeah. spice season, uh, you know, that when they have those available at Starbucks, that's, I guess, fall in South Florida. Leaves don't change, but the, you know, coffee flavors do. <laughs> exactly. Like another way that I think of it is, are you new at your job or are you new in a career? You might spend that extra time really spending two hours a night learning about a thing. 
you're not going to always do that. You might do that for six months until you're kind of up to speed and then you'll go through like a, a different phase. And so metaphorical seasons, but I do understand the problem of Florida. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think that the last thing is, um, you know, to kind of wrap this all together is, you know, also be kind to yourself, right? Like, don't be so critical of yourself if you're not making the progress that you think you should be, right? Or that you could be, um, you know, give yourself the space to, to be who you are at that moment, find the motivation when you need it. And, you know, seek out the opportunities when they arise. I, I think that's a, a great way of, of looking at it and thinking about it. Um, and, you know, I know over the last 100 episodes, there's been times where we've gone, you know, weeks w between episodes or we've been busy doing other stuff or we just haven't felt like it. So to be able to give yourself the space to say, you know, it's okay if we don't publish every 7.5 days exactly, right? <laughs> like we can, we can take a little bit of extra time and it's going to be all right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. So I think we should, we should wrap it up here. I, I think Kelly's got to run and I've got a, a visitor who's joined me in the room here. So <laughs> um, Michael, Brian, thank you for joining us on the show. It really has been great to catch up with you and, and talk about uh, motivation and, and staying motivated. And I think we'll uh, definitely apply as many of these lessons as we can, as we go through the, uh, the next hundred episodes of teaching Python. Yes. Oh my God. Looking forward to it. More. Thanks. <laughs> thanks guys. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks for including us. And you're going to do it for teaching Python? Oh, I guess I, I guess I should. You know, <laughs> He's it's totally uh... not used to this live stream stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. So for teaching Python, this is Sean. And this is Kelly signing off. <laughs>